Buy Its Cover podcast, one marriage's journey through movie night, using only the cover of movies found on streaming services. I'm your host, Bree Eggleston. And I'm your other host, Kevin Eggleston. Yes. And we're married. This is our marriage journey through movie night. Oh, you did so good on the <laughs> intro. And then you're like, but nothing went wrong. So I stumbled at the last step. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you paused, like you didn't transition into anything. So I got nervous and yep. and had to fill the void. So we're here with a new movie, one that's been recommended not once, not twice, but thrice to us. That's right. I said thrice. A triple request. A triple request. We started with my sister Shay. Then we went with Brandon from Love and Hate Radio. Yep, Brandon Valentine. And then we just recently, uh, today, Kevin got it from Matt at Renerdish. Yep, Matt Gingrich, uh, Renerdish podcast, is another comic, works with Brandon Valentine. Uh, I don't know if this was like a coordinated effort to make us watch this movie because you had misgivings going in. In fact, I talked about it on the last episode of Love and Hate Radio with Brandon about how I have extreme misgivings for watching anything with to do with Hitler. And, uh, you know, I guess that that saying third time's the charm, I guess Matt really tipped it over the edge for us. So we are going to be watching. This is quite a lengthy title. Uh, the man who killed Hitler and then killed the Bigfoot. And then the Bigfoot. He didn't. And then the Bigfoot. See, it's a mouthful. Well, it is a large-footed movie. <laughs> it's got some big shoes to fill with our expectations. <laughs> so, Kevin, do you want to describe the cover? Sure. I will be happy to describe the cover. So, the background is a giant-headed drawing of sam elliott yep um along with some other kind of cutouts of i'm assuming other people that are in the movie i don't really recognize any of them are you serious i should i i am flabbergasted currently i mean we know there's sam elliott it says aiden turner caitlin fitzgerald with larry miller oh ron livingston i just know from the or from office space and aiden turner was in beyond being human over in the british version and then uh, up in the little corner, although he's not credited up top, is Rizwan, and he was on Schitt's Creek. Oh, so I love when you name things I don't watch <laughs> uh, and expect me to know all the people. That's always fun. Um, but one of them's dressed as a, a person in an old-timey, the lady, I'm assuming that's Caitlin Fitzgerald, but who knows, yep. um, is dressed kind of in the 1940s style. And then there's a Nazi. Yep, that's Aiden Turner. It's surprising in a movie about Hitler that they would have Nazis. <laughs> I am. I feel like that's a daring choice on their part. And then a man that maybe is Larry Miller. I don't know. He looks kind of like a, a, if Rush Limbaugh was an old-timey newspaper salesman. Yep. He's got the newsboy cap on. Yep. Or he's a Uber driver now. <laughs> uh, and then Ron Livingston, uh, I'm assuming he's going to be working as a government agent. Then in the foreground, we have uh, Sam Elliott again in the forest. Yes. It looks like the forest is set ablaze. It does look like uh, there's there's a forest fire. Yep. Um, or at least it's some other, maybe it's Aurora Borealis. <laughs> um, no, that's more blues and purples. This is orange and reds. You know what? This is an alternate history movie because uh, Hitler committed suicide and the Bigfoot's not real. 
<laughs> so I think they can have a different color Aurora Borealis. Um, sure. And Sam Elliott is carrying a rifle while he's walking over a Bigfoot and a swastika. Yes, the Bigfoot appears to be superimposed over the swastika. Yes, or not? we're not supposed to be assuming that they're the same image. It's not like um, after World War II, Bigfoot took on some Aryan ideals. Correct. Though, Bigfoot could be a Nazi. There's also... Maybe that's why he gets seen in the woods of Oregon a lot. Oh. <laughs> oh, they or... have problems <laughs> with militias. Oh. Oregon slam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is also a tiny black helicopter above the forest line on the left-hand side of the cover. I missed a tiny black... That is... Yes, it is a tiny black helicopter. A Huey, as it were. Okay. Is that like an actual term for a helicopter? The, the type. Oh, well, I'm glad you knew that. Yeah. I'm not sure it makes that much of a difference. It did. Uh, <laughs> I was building verisimilitude for our listeners. Um, there is, oh, there is one tagline on this. Yes. Um, it says, an American myth. Which is probably one third the amount of words than the actual title of this movie. <laughs> well, when you have a title that long, you can't afford a big <laughs> tagline. Tag not even a pun in this. Nope. Um so I am excited for this. You are not and I um this is unusual. This is opposites for most <laughs> of our movie going experiences. Bree, what do you think this is going to be about? Well, first let me say that I adore Sam Elliott. So for my adoration of Sam Elliott to uh get trumped by my dislike of Hitler, that should tell you a lot. Um but I think this movie is going to be about Sam Elliott's character killing Hitler and then the Bigfoot. <laughs> He's blinking so rapidly right now. <laughs> He's um, like, are you freaking kidding me? Thank you, Bree, for the no shittiest statement I've ever heard. Um, I just... Uh... And that's been by its cover, a podcast where we only literally interpret the cover we see. Um, do you think Hitler gets killed by a helicopter crashing into him or the Bigfoot? So let's take guesses. Um, you're so proud of yourself right now for my. I'm tearing up. I know. It was just. It was one of those things. I was hearing you talking, and I was like, "There, she's gonna swerve," and you never did. And then I stopped and I had to think, "Did I have a stroke?" <laughs> My face doesn't feel numb. I think I'm thinking in complete sentences. But nobody would just give me the title again as what they think the movie's going to be about. When we watched Wolf Cop, you're like, you know what? This is going to be a wolf and a cop. <laughs> no, that was you that said that. As advertised. Um, what about you, Kevin? What do you think this is going to be about? See, now all I can think is like, it's going to be about a man that killed Hitler and the Bigfoot. I'm not any better than you. I'm just more judgmental. Um, so I think uh, Sam Elliott is going to be a, I almost said Sam Rockwell. And I was like, God, this would, oh. that's the only way you could make this movie better. Right. Sam um, Elliott and Sam Rockwell. Oh, what if Sam Rockwell played young Sam Elliott? <gasps> well, that would have been good. Oh. And they made old Sam Elliott dance. I love that idea. Like yeah. he did in the Super Bowl commercial when with Lil Nas. You must have missed that one. It was a Doritos yeah. commercial. Yeah, sorry. They I, had a dance off in an old west. Oh, I remember town. that. Yeah, yeah, the draw. Uh, no, so I think it's gonna be. <laughs> he uh, just ignores me. Yeah, I just, 
free, we're not going to talk about what commercials you made me watch instead of the game. Um, <laughs> so we didn't even watch the game. We just watched the commercials the next day on That's YouTube. the best part. Um, but I think it's going to be Sam Elliott plays a like an army ranger special forces person that um, actually killed Hitler and they kind of had to keep it under wraps for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to instead go with the Hitler committed suicide angle. And then, so he's been kind of their like special forces guy and done all these like secret missions that they, mm-hmm. they can't claim credit for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And so then they're going to ask him to kill the Bigfoot. Cause I'm assuming Bigfoot did something wrong. He's on a rampage. Uh, you know, I actually probably think white collar crime. It's more Bigfoot speed, <laughs> like some inside stock trading, maybe some <laughs> retirement defrauding. I don't know. Maybe he t- ran up some debts with Amway and they just sent him out, Sam Elliott out to collect. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what I think this movie's going to be about. I'm actually kind of excited. Okay. But uh, no, other than that, I uh, I don't have too many expectations because I don't know what we're going to get. It's not one of those ones where I think this is going to be a low barrier. I think this is going to be kind of an artsy fartsy film. Okay. Oh, I sound like my dad. You sound like my mom. It's going to be some artsy fartsy. It's going to be just those liberal elites with their That's not what history. my mom would say. <laughs> their 5G ruining society. <laughs> Put down your phone, youths. <laughs> um, and pick up your TV to watch The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. <laughs> I still don't think I got all the words in that. The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Yeah, maybe I did get it this right. One, this one would be a tougher movie for older people to pronounce. It'd just be like the Bigfoot killing ones. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Better than Willow Creek? Worse than Willow Creek? What's your bet? Um, I think it'll be better. You think it'll be better? Yeah. Okay. Because Sam Elliott. My question, does he actually kill Hitler? Oh, like eh. you're not going to give me some time to ponder that? No. Gut, um, gut check. Yes. Okay. Does he actually kill the Bigfoot? No. He feels sympathy for the Bigfoot, and he lets him to continue to wander in the woods. I think he falls in love with the Bigfoot. No. I don't. some Bigfoot kissing. Nope. Because you know what they say about people with big feet. Nope. They have big hearts. Mm. I just think you're all types are wrong oh. there. Oh, I'm sorry. What's it like to have a co-host that just throws weird things at you and you have to react to it? It's fun, isn't it? It's fun. Yeah, enjoy yes-ending your way out of this one. I am not a comedian. I don't feel the need to yes-and every I, conversation. I watch, or I'm looking at this cover, and I remember uh, in like 2014 or 15, there was a, like a politician that came out with some Bigfoot erotica. Oh. Yeah. Like that was their... That's well, not their, their day brain. job before they ran for office. So I wonder if uh, this is based on a story. <laughs> based on a true story. An American myth. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Bigfoot, I mean, werewolves got their time in the spotlight. Vampires have gotten their time in the spotlight. Even zombies have gotten their time in the romance rom-com genre. Let's do it, Bigfoot. Bigfoot, get out there. Get some. <laughs> I mean, swinging for the fence is going for, like, Silver Fox Sam Elliott. Yep, but with that liquid gold voice. He's a Silver Fox with a liquid gold voice. You know it. It's too many medals, Bree. It's not. And with that platinum mustache, I don't... You... <laughs> you took it too far, And with Kevin. those mercury hands, he's just dirty. <laughs> nope. You went All too right. far. 
Yeah. Oh, are you <laughs> are you being critical of me? Is this the criticism minute? Because mm. Brie, if it's the criticism minute, you know what it really is. Is what is it? Judgment time. And we're back, having just watched the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Right. Did I get it all? Yes, you did. Good job. Okay. High five. <laughs> I had to stop and think and be like, hmm, yes, that's the order he killed things in. <laughs> all right, Kevin. What did we have to snack on? Uh, I believe I made a tasty Szechuan pork dish with some peanuts on top and some green beans. Yes, you did. I'm glad I remembered that since I had just made it right before we watched this. Like, <laughs> it's not like I had days in between that I had to recall things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bree. So we learned uh, about Calvin Barr. Yes. Who is the titular, oh, which is such a fun oh, word. Oh, I hate that word so titular much. Titular man who shot and killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. So... I just want to start off by saying we were right about a lot of things in our... Almost 100% nailed what this movie was, <laughs> which sounds like we're like, oh, this movie was just... Bl like, we predicted everything. No. No. Like, there's still so much more in this. This movie was sneaky. It was so many things all at once, and it was beautifully done. And I think what I took away from all of it was that old people can still kick ass. I, oh, God, that's your theme takeaway? Because <laughs> like, that's what like Die Hard 5 is about. And like Red, with also with Bruce Willis. It just really any Bruce Willis movie. I mean, Bruce Willis will always kick ass. Yeah, but it's like that's a lethal weapon, you know? <laughs> like old people still got it. Um, or the newest Rambo. I, I don't know. In some ways, yes, I agree that's part of this but also Kevin um, it, it was a joke no <laughs> we don't do these in this podcast we don't make jokes is it because I made it no it's it's because it's like I, I don't know this movie just made me philosophical for a second like it, it made me really like reflective I don't I don't want to I don't want to make fun of Sam Elliott I don't well I thought he did a stellar job uh I think everyone did I was really impressed with the cast, the set, the, I mean, every aspect of this movie was well done. Uh, true, except for, I'll say, the Bigfoot was not the best. Um, it was creepy, though. True, but it looked, it looked a little CGE in spots. When it was starting to burn and the eyes were all glossy and big like aliens, that, kind of threw me a little bit all right so let's actually jump back for folks because they're like i mean oh. what does it matter this whole thing jumps around in two different three different four different decades true i mean it mm, uh, three, goes three decades 1940 to 1987 oh is when this was supposedly set yeah so i mean for 40 years of this one man's life um but i think to hit this plot of this it uh there's like you said there's kind of two or three narratives there's so calvin barr is the, our main character in this and we see him as a young man before he goes off to world war ii played by aiden turner yes yeah aiden turner plays him um we see him before world war ii living his kind of pastoral life and 
somewhere America. Yep. We see him as an old man, uh, currently, the one that gets sent to hunt Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And then we see him during World War II when he um, basically tracks and infiltrates the Nazis to kill Hitler. Correct. And uh, they kind of interweave a bit. Um, you know what this movie reminded me of? Did you ever see Big Fish? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, it reminded me of... Because I didn't mind Big Fish. Well, it's a little Tim Burton-y, but... I also watched it when I when it first came out, and so I was much younger. I think maybe if... I was really expecting like a fun spec- spectacle of a world for it, and... That just didn't happen. Yeah, but I mean, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it thought wasn't it was a gonna, great movie. I thought it was going to be magical and exciting, and it, it was not. It's kind of one guy's lies, but then they turn out to not be. But this is um, kind of reminded me of like a, a version of Big Big Fish, like the magical realism that is played straight. I mean, it's never. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's never. I mean, what's so surprising in this movie is I thought there was going to be at least some turn. I did or too. Some twist or some like. We, you know, for a while there, Brian and I are like, is this all going to be in his head? Because some of these things keep harkening back to well, and parts of the, his his life. And it never happens. There's no twist. When we meet Barr, he's an, he's Sam Elliott, it, obviously, uh, older gentleman. And he's just going about his life. And we meander with him for a good while. Um, and we do see a flashback, which at that point we did not truly know that it was bar uh as a nazi yes and to be clear he's not a nazi like he's, he's an American undercover hiding as a nazi but yeah it's just yeah you get you get these little flashbacks and you kind of wonder how these are going to all interweave or interwove no interweave. just don't try uh how, how are, are they, they going gonna to intermingle m- marry <laughs> and uh i think the first hint we get that bar is something special besides a glorious sam elliott mustache yep because honestly like if somebody has that mustache i'm pr- i'm not gonna lie i'm probably gonna do whatever they say like there's a psychological <laughs> experiment that said like people do things that people wear that wear lab coats tell them to do huh and you know like the stanford prison experiment when yep. like the guards all went a little bit overboard Sam Elliott's mustache, I think, has that effect on the American <laughs> psyche. Like, if Sam Elliott like gave me a gun and was like, "There's one bullet in here," yeah, you need to shoot either yourself or this puppy. I'd be like, Sam, I'm really like, I don't want to have to choose, but which one do you not like? Is it me? Because we're good. <laughs> fine with this just your your mustache has magic so before we get too far into the plot that is woven together interwoven <laughs> did you interweaven like, did you like how i reorganized the sentence so I, I didn't have to say what you said nope um I, you know me i have a thing about dogs and if a movie has a dog that dies uh, I automatically hate it and will never watch it again unless it's John Wick, but you can't. Yeah. No, we found out there's a website called doesthedogdie.com. Yep. And Brie has made me use it before we go to see a movie. She's made me use it for movies that don't even have dogs in the trailer. <laughs> so I've had so many movies <laughs> spoiled because she's like, does the dog die? I was like, Brie, we don't even know if there's a dog in there. You're like, I need to know. I'm not <laughs> sitting through it. <laughs> so there are two dogs in this movie. Uh, and they're, 
this is important to me. The German shepherd she's going to be mentioning in a second on screen for like a minute. It doesn't matter. It's a beautiful, sweet, kind, well-trained German shepherd. It was a Nazi dog. It was not. It was a Romani dog. It was. It's true. It was given to them by the. The Russian gypsies. Yeah. And I say that because they called them gypsies in the movie, not because I'm trying to be racist against no you're not trying to be you're just succeeding <laughs> no that's oh suck i'm saying it no it's how cool the... we're just canceled in russia oh stop anyways there's this beautiful german shepherd that um goes which really there's no point to the german shepherd other than i think he's a good like prop for bar to use um to get people to associate with him and uh lives Dog is alive. And then Barr, in his older age, has Ralph, a golden Labrador retriever, and lives totally great happiness. And so I can fully appreciate and love this movie. I just love that we had five-minute dog discourse. Well, if you Uh, wouldn't have gotten on me about the terminology I was using for the movie, I wouldn't have spent that much time on the dogs. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this because I said interwoven like six times in a sentence that you're like, we need to explain dogs and the state of them. The, like, we don't even have a name for the German Shepherd, but we had to know that it was a good boy. <laughs> it was a good boy. And actually, Ralph gets called a good boy several times in this movie because he was. Yeah. He, Ralph was a, you know, he was a scene stealer for you. <laughs> um, But we... We find out that Sam Elliott is is kind of a badass because he's kind of walking home drunk from the bar. He's very soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, Gives his all the cash he has to a homeless person on the side of the road. Yep. Uh, tells the bartender he's going to quit drinking and then like see him tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, he's um, he's laconic. I mean, he doesn't talk a lot, but you get the feeling that like whatever he would say would be like wisdom. Yeah. Um. And these three guys are going to mug him, and uh, they say, "Give me your wallet." And he said, I, "I don't have anything in it. All I, I gave my money to a bum." And the guy said, "Just give me your wallet," and takes the wallet. And when it's open, Sam Elliott, so Calvin Barr goes to grab a photo that's clearly an old photograph of a, a pretty woman. Yep. And the guy takes it and takes his cigarette and burns Burn. the photo. Oh. And we Shouldn't see again, have done it. yeah, we see Sam Elliott. So in a normal, I think what set this movie apart to me is like in a normal action movie, this would be an excuse for the guy to have like rage. Uh-huh. And Sam Elliott just doesn't like he, you, you know, he could kick their asses, but he chooses to kind of not. And then it only when he's kind of left with no choice, like the guys go to steal his car and he says, oh, I can't let you do that. And then he. He says, they go to beat him, and he beats them. Well, no, he says, I can't let you take the car. I need it. Yeah. Like, logical and everything. Yeah, but like if this is John Wick, like everyone's going to die. Yeah. You know, it, Rambo, everyone's going to die. Right. I, I think definitely it, it takes, this movie takes some of the tropes of this like older war veteran mm-hmm. um, being a man pushed too far and really kind of pushes back on pushes back on some of it like yeah we even find out that um calvin when he goes to the barber shop the next day to get a haircut ed ed who is the dad in 
um, 10 Things I Hate About You. Or the um, hairdresser in The Princess Diaries, too. Okay. I just want the record to show I knew an actor from something, and you gave me no props. I mean, it's 10 Things I Hate About You. You should know the actors in that. Oh, yeah. From my time spent as a teenage girl in the mid-2000s, I should know that. Um, no, and he even never mentions that it happened or that he, like, kicked three dudes' asses. Nope. He just goes about his day, and yeah. he walks along with Ralph and takes Ralph with him. I mean, it's a very meandering, uh, and I thought I did good justice to making you feel like he is truly an older person like they don't make him seem that he's super fit or that he's continued to work out like he actually takes slow time to move and to to be very deliberate in the things he does honestly the way this movie was shot if sam elliott would have just taken a pocket knife and like peeled an apple Uh for 90 minutes and ate it and just every once in a while dispensed like homespun truthisms. Uh-huh. I would I would watch it. I totally would have. Maybe just Yep. That's one way to skin a cat. <laughs> God damn, Sam, you're right. That is one way to skin a cat. Now tell me more. Um, but we find out Ed's his younger brother. Yeah. And we then get some flashbacks to um younger Calvin on a date before he ships out for World War II. Aww. Honestly, it was one of the like cutest scenes because he's this like nervous guy, but not movie nervous. No. Like in movie nervous, you know, they make him seem almost anxious or just unable to function, but he he's going to propose to this girl, but the Maxine. dinner Maxine. Yeah, Maxine and the dinner gets interrupted first by a guy shoving into them and being a jerk. Yep, total jerk. And then in the next minute, we find out Maxine's a teacher, and two parents interrupt the dinner. How did t- that feel for you? Honestly, I was like, this probably Bree is like looking over, and this is realistic. <laughs> She's like, this happens. Take notes. Do you see how frustrated they are? I'm that frustrated. But yeah, he's like fidgeting with the ring, and the parents are just rambling and kind of dickishly about yeah. how great their kid is. Well, But then also how kind of shitty their kid is. And then the dad full on hits on Maxine. Yeah. What was his line? You're twice as beautiful as my son says you are. And I'd be half a man if I didn't say it. Yep. It's like, that's that's kind of a smooth turn of phrase, but also, oh, so sh- Yeah, because his wife is standing right there. And she's clearly on a date with a much better looking man than that tool. Yeah. And... uh so anyways, he, he gets foiled twice at this dinner where he was going to propose to Maxine. And so he just ends up putting the ring away. Yeah. He, he was always waiting for that perfect moment. Which now I'm like flashing back to when that perfect moment is in the movie. And it makes me want to cry, honestly. Yeah. Because it was like the saddest, sweetest thing ever. It was. I mean, this movie um, has so much it heart. Was, it was a love story. It was. It was a love story. Had some comedy in it. it. Action. Action had some horror movie. I mean, it was just. It was a, like a mem- um, not a memorial, but like a, it like a reflective. It was just really. I really. My my wife is puddling right I now. I am. I'm about, like thinking about this the romance part of this movie, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's got a tragic love story in it. 
Um, it, oh. it's it's somber, but never like grim. I mean, it's never fatalistic. Um, I just I really enjoyed. It. It's one of those ones like if you wanted me to tell you like what a perfect stew movie is, this was kind of it to me. Is like. I, like it's beef one of those, stew? Like, yeah, it's just all these pieces that get oh. put together and all the flavors add into each other. I mean, it's almost one that if I had a person that wanted to, like, watch a movie mm-hmm. and nobody could decide what they wanted to watch, this is not a terrible one to put on. I agree. Um, You know, it, it, I, I wouldn't have ever sought it out, but I'm like, it, it just, it hits a lot of beats. Um, and I think there's something that each per- every person could kind of take away is like, hey, this was enjoyable in it. Um, so Calvin ships off to war. We find out then it cuts to him in Russia on the border between Russia and Germany. Mm-hmm. Or it, we assume Russia and Germany, probably Poland and Germany more likely. But he then they have like a 10 minute long straight razor shaving scene. That was beautifully paced. Oh, it was so... Um, the tension in it was so well done. Oh, yeah. So this um, Russian gypsy, Romani, says... Um, Do they call him that? Yeah, he says we're Romani. Uh, oh, the, uh, oh, <laughs> thanks for bringing me into your racism, uh, Bree. So anyways, this he's the leader of their group. And um, he... I, we're, we never do find out, other than they give him a dog, why he's meeting with these people. I think it's because he's supposed to. He's kind of the. They're guiding him to where the Germans are, where oh. the ne- the new location of Hitler is. But the guy is kind of like, hey, uh, you can't tell. He's kind of hinting that I either might be your friend or I might be your enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going to either succeed or you're going to fail. And we learn in their dialogue that um, Calvin speaks. A lot of languages. In, um, in fact, the guy even says, why don't you tell me the languages you don't speak? And then that would be quicker than the ones that you do speak. Yeah. And, he, and Calvin just says, there's not many. Which is very interesting because Calvin, um, both younger Calvin and older Calvin, uh, they don't speak. I mean, they yeah, use right. words very sparingly. Um, I would say that even though they're the two most seen characters in the movie, they have the least amount of lines. Yeah, I mean, for uh, basically a 98-minute long movie, I think we've already spent more words since we finished watching it than Sam Elliott has in this whole movie. Yeah, and Aiden Turner. Yeah, but uh, we also kind of... they Everyone alludes to how kind of fantastical he is as mm-hmm. a person. An American myth, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tagline, just this was the only time a tagline rang true. <laughs> um, but then the Romani says, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a shave. And my, my mother believed that a straight razor could tell the future. Mm-hmm. And then he tells him, as I give you this shave, it's going to be perfect, but nothing be, can be perfect except for God. So how we tell the future is if I give you a shave and it's perfect, Nothing can be that way, so you will you'll fail die. and you will die. Yeah. If I cut you, uh, will you'll succeed? Yes. But then he says, "I can't accident or I can't on purpose cut you. You can't move and make me cut you. 
I've got to try to give you a perfect shave. And you have to stay perfectly still. Yeah. So throughout this very tense, it was probably a good five, ten minute scene. Uh, and he does this beautiful pacing of his dialogue and and does a much better job than we have describing it. Uh, gives him a perfect shave, which you feel a sense of uh, forebodance because of it. Did I say that right? Foreboding. Yeah. But yeah. Because of it. And then the Romani gentleman said... Uh, you could tell he wasn't satisfied that he gave him the perfect shave because he wanted him to succeed. So he takes the straight razor and cuts him right behind his ear very lightly and says, you will succeed, but we will both be cursed. Yeah. Oh, oh. God, it was, it was so good. Oh, so good. And then, I mean, it's just there's so many little pieces to this that I love because in that scene he also says, and now we drink. And since you uh, and you'd think I'm going to give you vodka to drink because that's what Russians do. We drink vodka, but I'm not going to give you vodka because if we drink vodka, you'll think you you know me uh-huh. and you'll think we're friends. And one day we might be enemies. So we drink gin. And then they take the shot and it's vodka. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> Adrian Turner, you know, young Calvin's like, this is not gin. <laughs> and the Roman goes, see, I, I, you thought you were going to know me for what you didn't know and now you don't and i'm like it was a beautiful yeah. oh it was a well done scene it was i mean it was it, but it was it's long i mean it's a long scene yeah in any other movie i'd be like wow this really slowed down the pace it didn't this i'm like uh you could do another shot the, um. the layers of this movie uh, was like a freaking cake every single layer is of its own taste and every single layer works together into a piece of beauty. Like a cheesecake sampler. I mean, that's not... That's They're not... all cheesecake. They're all delicious. But they've got a little bit of different flavor. <laughs> the layer analogy works, too. We can use the layer one. I, I liked mine you better. Like, you like you know, cake more than cheesecake. That's going to be my Twitter poll now. Is yeah. if I... <laughs> What's a better analogy, food? <laughs> what, what's a better food analogy? Um... Uh, yeah, and then he goes, and we actually see at the start of the movie we see him checking in with the Nazis to, and then as he's we see cut to later when he's actually assembling a gun from oh, all the pieces they confiscated so cool. from him. And but we also know from earlier in the movie he gets his head his head cut his hair cut from his brother Ed, mm-hmm. and his brother Ed's like, "How are you doing? You seem t- you seem tired or you seem not well," and he's like, "I have regrets." And then he mentions I. I killed a man in, during the war. He was a bad man. He deserved it, but I didn't want to kill him. Yeah. And so as he's walking and assembling this, he gets led into the office where Hitler is. Yeah. Like full on Hitler. Yeah. And uh, hands him a folder of, of one of those private document attache thingies. Oh, first we got to mention uh, he does the Heil Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, his Nazi salute. But then it cuts to the camera as him doing his fingers crossed behind his back. Oh, my God. That was so was, cute. Uh, yeah, I thought it was such a great little character moment where yeah. it's like this dude is so honest that he's like, I'm not even like, I don't I have to lie in this situation. But I don't want to. So I'm going to cross my fingers because right. I don't actually mean the Heil Hitler. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just thought it was an interesting little beat to show. I thought it was really cute. Like, it, we cute both, but clever. We both looked at each other like, oh, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. It's not like it's a like a hidden frame. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they want you to see it. But yeah, he hands him the envelope. And what's in the envelope? So this is such 
a badass moment. He's Hitler takes a letter opener, opens the sealed document with a wax that had a wax seal, and in it is one of the Uncle Sam posters that says America wants you with the Uncle Sam drawing. And then it pans up to Hitler being confused and Calvin shoots him with his assembled gun in the chest. You can still kind of hear him gurgling. And then you see the back of Hitler's chair, armchair, uh, blow out where his head was. Yeah. And then we cut to Calvin now. Yep. And all throughout this, Calvin as an old man, he has this box that he takes out from under his bed and he opens it. Or well, almost opens it, and then we'll always put it away and be like, not today. Why'd you have to bring up the box, Kevin? Because what's in the box? There's nothing in the box. It's a MacGuffin. It is. It's like that stupid briefcase in Pulp Fiction. It's true. And it irritates me. Oh, or it's like the box in Seven. No, we know what's in that <laughs> box. At least we knew what was in that box. Uh, true. This one, it... it, uh, it Don't even bring it up. But okay, we watch the movie until we're, we're in the end. But um, Calvin, we we uh, cut him as an old man. Two FBI or two government agents, one from Canada and one from America, shows up, mm-hmm. and they tell him, "Hey, you, my the American says my grandpa knew of you or knew you was in the same army base camp as you." Yeah, he worked army intelligence, and he told stories of someone like you. That was almost like a legend that was like King Arthur, which I thought was interesting because Arthurian legends aren't all about like military glory. Yeah. They're sometimes just about the most clever person or the person that's like virtuous being Mm -hmm. triumphant. So I thought that was interesting because it's again, you know, it's not like Rambo where it's like, oh, you were a killing machine. Well, and in this thing, so Ron Livingston, who I absolutely adore as an actor, um, actually I loved everybody in this movie. Uh, when he's talking about his grandpa knowing him, um, he continues to talk about how he le- he tells more and more as more senile he gets and it becomes more fantastical. But at that point, I was thinking, oh, is this is this them? Is this the director, writer, author, screenplay writer? Um, is this them trying to foreshadow that all of what happens next is in Calvin's mind. <laughs> right. Or nope. any of this is? Nope. Yeah. Well, and they they he, they tell him, we. I was told you killed him. They don't say Hitler. They don't. And uh, God, Cal- this part Calvin, was so good. Yeah. Calvin go, he just articulates. He's like, I did, and it didn't do anything. Because they had three other ones waiting in the wings. Yeah. You lied, or their side lied. Our side lied, and he kept his words were bigger than the man now. And they had three others, and then they mentioned that Project Valkyrie, which was uh, right. a Nazi plot where Nazis attempted to kill Hitler. They're like it took out a body double, and then finally they had one commit suicide in a bunker. Okay, but the line was the last one was a coward and a womanizer, but he was more of a coward. Yeah, and he committed suicide in a bunker, and it was like. Dang, the- and then they make fun of the mustache. Yeah. But not in like a like a condescending way. It's just like that's why they had him wear it. Because so- he was a character. Yeah. Yeah. And uh And Rizwan, <laughs> who's the guy from Schitt's Creek, he would played the um Quebecy. I assume he was Quebecy because he was had a really thick French accent. And he used French. Yes. 
um he, I, I know what he was in. like what's going on what are you guys yeah. talking about totally not picking up it, any like, of the mean, cues you mean world war ii and then you find out um what they they're there for is they tested calvin Barr's blood and he's immune to a virus the virus is being passed on which also we're watching this in the middle of a quarantine pandemic. This, I mean, honestly, I, I got kind of nauseous when they started explaining it. I was it. like, oh, God damn it, Bigfoot. This is your fault. So Bigfoot's infected. Yeah, we, we were kind of worried. We're like, does this tell us that Calvin didn't succeed? Is this a documentary? What is going on? Did they know? But they tested his blood. They find out he's immune to this. This They call it the, the like, he said this looks magical plague. Or I can't remember what word he used. But he's like, this is the one that all the plagues are kind of like based on. It's just like the Ur plague. It's this thing that wipes out everything. And yeah. he's like, we're worried it's going to get into the birds. And if it goes airborne, we're screwed. Yeah. Like if it gets into the birds, we're, we're screwed. Everything within a 50 mile radius around Bigfoot is dead. It's There's no living thing. Or there's one living thing. And he's implying it's Bigfoot. Yeah. But it's <clears throat> it's not vegetation. It's like mammals. Yeah. All animals, yeah. yeah. But um, and Calvin's like, well, how'd you guys get my blood? Or he goes, how is that? They're like, what do you mean? It's it's a plague. And he's like, no, how'd you get my blood? <laughs> and like, oh well, we had it for reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like they, te- they and they're like, we tested it because Calvin says I'm an old man. And they said we tested it. Everyone that has it is either too young, dead, or old. And there, there's only three people that we know that can do this. And the ones we sent in before you. Didn't make it. Did either came back empty-handed or are dead, and so he—he's literally the last thing because they imply that the president of the United States is ready to hit the red button that will nuke. Yeah, all the heart of Canada. They say right. Wow. And, Can we yeah. just pause for a second? Wow. I know that's. I mean, the stakes, and it's so funny because his reaction to it is just kind of like, no thanks. Hmm. <laughs> And it's not a like I'm too old for this shit. He He's says like, I don't work for you anymore. Yeah, I, I think it's just a a person that doesn't want to. He, he and I think it's to him, he doesn't want to kill again. No, um, he did once, and just it, it didn't. It wasn't him because he he did this massive thing, and it meant nothing. Yeah, because the war went on well past when he did what he was supposed to do. That was supposed to stop it. And the government's just covered it up. Yeah. And so he was, I mean, that's, although it was one person he killed, there were millions more after that 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 felt that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, this movie had, like I said, layers. It layers. Cheesecakey. I'm thinking about it now after watching it and talking to you about it. And I'm more emotional now than when I was watching <laughs> it's it. so true. I'm, I'm just thinking, because... Even though I hate onions, it's like an onion. You just keep peeling back layers. It adds flavor. No, I don't like onions. <laughs> I liked it better when I was thinking of chocolate layer cake. But I, I love that you compared this and we realized this movie was one of your onion movies because you were like, I won't watch anything with Hitler. But then you it's got it and so you're like. so good. Yeah. So he goes to the Canadian wilderness. They do this scene that I loved because it's. I, I think a lot of this movie that I love is this rejection of action movie tropes and yep. cliches or at least like nah that's stupid yeah because they have this scene where the american guy they're going to you can have any weapon that you want but the canadians didn't have any good ones nope. so i brought he in my personal him, stock he calls them canucks yeah 
and then they show you there's just a wall of weapons, all all the guns you could imagine. Probably like fifty, and you, then just a, a a table full of knives. Yeah, it reminded me of um, well, just any action movie, like scene. the Boondock Saints when they go and they try to buy um, and get your stupid fucking rope. Yeah, and. Uh, Sorry, that was a weird gay Irishman accent you did there. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But yeah, yeah, in the movies where the, the character like suits up with all their weapons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if this was an, a Rambo movie, it would be. Kingsman. Yeah. Kingsman's yeah. a good one, too. One of those ones where it's just like they suit up with all the guns and they all have to have their hidden equipment. He's just like that rifle, that scope, that knife. And he's just done. Yep. And so he's hunting through the woods and actually finds Bigfoot really quick. Really quick. Um. And pulls off a headshot on Bigfoot. Yep. Really quick. And then he goes running, chasing after Bigfoot, who's still alive. Yeah. After getting shot in the head. And Bigfoot lures him off the side of a cliff in which he has to grip quickly to not fall off. <laughs> and he breaks his pinky. He and breaks he, his pinky. Oh, God. Oh. I'm sorry. What did you mean? <laughs> I broke one, one of my fifth digits. Because <laughs> he has to... Uh, phone it in because they call him on the stupid walkie-talkie and they're like did you get him did you shoot him yep right in the head but he's still alive (laughs) yeah and i broke my pinky i'm sorry what i broke my fifth digit (laughs) (laughs) what did they think he said yeah i don't know i don't know i think they were just wondering why would he tell us about that injury but it's like calvin is just an honest person yeah like he's just a good person so he finally finds bigfoot kind of bleeding out uh-huh. And we, we see that some of the destruction that Bigfoot has kind of wrought. That uh, big moose that he walked by. The big moose, the elk, or it's a deer we it see. It was a deer, but he was like... Infected and yep. tumorous. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, again, it really gives us the stakes. But as Calvin's walking, he sees a view of landscape, and it has trees on one side and this big mountain on the other. And it's literally... A picture of a picture. Oh, I remember you just... And I'm like, Kevin, Kevin, that's the picture he has on his living room wall. Oh, you were so mad for a second because you're like, if this is in his goddamn mind. Yes, because that was another thing that made me think that maybe all of this was in his mind. First, it was the talking about the senile grandpa, and now it was that picture from his living room is now the landscape he is in. And so, you know, me... Yeah. I, oh no. I it, thought it was going to be twisty turny. Yeah. Nope. He climbs that mountain, finds Bigfoot, and they fight. Uh, well, he decides he's going to burn Bigfoot because he doesn't want the government to have his body. He's like, "This is kind of the dignity I'm going to give you." Yeah. And he goes to set Bigfoot on fire, and Bigfoot's still alive. <laughs> he psychs him out. Yeah, played possum. And then they have a massive fight in which he breaks what's his nuts Calvin's arm and rips his ear off. Yeah, he gets Mike Tyson. And then he gets vomited on. So that was one of the things I was... Bigfoot pukes all over him as he's dying. And I was just like, that's so weird that they chose to include like a little almost... It felt Sam Raimi-esque. Yep. With that's where their body horror went. That's why I just love this movie because it just has all these little genre pieces get yep. stacked in. Because it, it, it's a thing that doesn't need to happen, but it somehow is in there and you're not mad that it's there. Yeah. Um, and that's actually one of the first times I've ever seen somebody get puked on in in their mouth, and you've not had sympathy gags. You were just like, oh, it's somehow beautiful. No, I did not think that. I turned away so I didn't have to keep watching it. <laughs> but yeah, so he burns Bigfoot, um, and we think he 
succumbs to his wounds because so he sits down on the 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 mountain, watches basically the sunset, and he's injured. He's had a broken arm. I mean, he's supposed to be in his at best in his seventies. Yeah, and then next scene is funeral. His funeral. His um, brother's reading a eulogy. A beautiful eulogy. And people are sad. Uh, and then we get some flashbacks to his time with Maxine. Oh, we find out... His last night with her. We find out Maxine, uh, Ed says in the eulogy, um, my brother loved a woman. She was special. I'm getting all puddly over I it. I know. And she died young. And she died young. Um, so it's... And you have all this, like, what are his regrets? We also get um, a flashback to... It must have been after Calvin came home from the war and he's got all of her letters that got delivered. She wrote them every day. And it turns out the letters weren't allowed to be delivered because because it was undercover. Yeah. And so he reads them and she talks about how she's going to move away. Because her mother's sick. Yeah. And And she leaves. And she leaves. And we don't know if they ever reconnected or reunited or Or, he had intended to and he didn't know where she was and then she dies. I think it's probably more likely that because when he comes back and he reads these letters, he's salt and peppery, which makes me think that he's been gone a long time. Yeah. And he throws the letters away. He puts them in a hat box, throws them in the trash, and he lets them get thrown away. Yeah. Um, and we thought we're like he's gonna run after those letters and then he's gonna find her yeah you thought you're gonna be the notebook moment nope and then it cuts to him um no we find out he's alive right yeah yeah we find out he's alive so um ed does the eulogy is out fishing with the dog ralph uh, ralph and there's calvin standing on the bank of the river which ed didn't know calvin was alive no he didn't. And they meet up and they go fishing. And Ed kind of is like, tell me about it. And Calvin's like, can we just Can we not? just sit here? Yeah. And then it cuts to him kind of living his back in his routine life. But. He's watching his, I assume, grandniece. Yep. Or at least a niece or something. It's Ed's granddaughter. So yeah. it's his grandniece. His grandniece at a play. Which means, to me, it meant that he was going to try harder to connect with his little brother. Yeah. Because throughout the war, throughout coming back, throughout this whole Bigfoot thing, the one piece that he took with him the whole time was a little metal dinosaur that Ed gave him the day he left for uh, to join the army in the first place. Yeah. And so, to, to me, the relationship that, although his time with Maxine was very sweet and romantic and sad at the same time uh his relationship with ed was the most important because they were there for each other and they get to move on yeah and also like ed loves his brother but he doesn't necessarily understand his brother or know him and and also honestly like the symbol of his, his brother being a dinosaur is this kind of mythic thing that you just don't know that's kind of just larger than you but also somehow enigmatic yeah um which i thought i again i just i really enjoyed some of this stuff so he then asks his brother in the middle of this play he's like did did you bury it which of course we know he means the box yeah and ed's like yeah i thought you would have wanted that i'm like i'm really sorry and and calvin's like yeah it was good that you did that 
Yeah, and then as he's digging him up, we get or he lays down that night. Yep. To go to sleep, we get a flashback to it. We find out it's the night before he ships out, and it's his last night with Maxine. <laughs> and they have a lovely walk. They talk. They tell each other that they love each other. Um, and he stops throughout this movie. He's had a rock in his shoe in various scenes, and he stops to get a rock out of his shoe. And tie a shoe well, and he pulls out, goes to pull out the ring. But she had just told him, I can't take you tomorrow to the train depot because tonight I'm happy and tomorrow I'll be sad. So when we get to your house, I'm just going to keep walking and not look back. And then he stops to get the rock out of his shoe, pulls the ring out and says, hey, I'm right here. And she never looks back. Yeah, she says, uh, then hurry up, hurry and catch up or catch up quick, which again was like, I think she knows. She knows that's what she would turn around and see. Yeah. And at least that's what the impression I got. And it was her way of acknowledging, not right now, but when you come back from the war, when we can be together. Oh, you're crying. I'm crying. I know. Oh, we're so lucky when Bigfoot puked. We didn't sympathy puke too. Uh, this is like the least funny podcast we've ever done episode, but it's like it's for one of the better movies we've watched. So you know it's what? Tough. Can I just say, fuck you, Brandon. Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you, Shay. Hey, you guys made me like force her to watch this, and we're both we're both better people, but very angry at you right yeah. now, people. Um. But yeah, she she wanted to she wanted to like they wanted to start that life and it's it, this movie almost reminds me of just that person that always put their life on pause. Yep. To do something for the greater good or whatnot. Yeah. And what I really loved about um the character of Calvin in this is just he steps up, he does these incredible heroic things and there's no hubris, there's no pride, there's no even like malice towards anything that's happening. No. He just is like this is what I have to do. So he does it. Um, he digs up his own grave. Yep. He gets the box out, goes to open it, closes it. And then as he's walking, he gets another pebble in his shoe. And he, so he bends down to take care of that, finally gets the pebble out. Yep. So again, to me, it's like this idea of he can finally be free of whatever this thing is that he's holding on to. And then he is home and he goes to open the box again. And he's like, maybe tomorrow. Yep. And the, the movie ends uh, with him and Ralph. And it just, it was like, oh, this was. This was so much. And it, it was. was so good. Uh, I'm I'm actually a little frustrated this movie didn't get more attention. Well, maybe it will now. Yeah, it will be the change. Um, you know, we made people go and watch Velocipaster. And then maybe now they need to hop on Hulu and watch The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. I just, it was so good, Kevin. Uh, I'm sorry, did now somebody gain an appreciation for movies that are kind of in my genre wheelhouse? No, because this has no genre. This was just perfection. <laughs> I mean, it was, like I said, I was one of those ones, like, I. it's not super violent. It's not super swearing. I, I'm curious what it was rated. Yeah, I don't even care. But it's one of those ones, like. I just want everybody to know they need to go watch this movie. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones, like I said, if, if I had somebody that was having a hard time picking a movie to watch. This is not a bad pick. Like, this is a great pick yeah. for that because it fits kind of everything. Yeah. Um, I also think that I would leave the cover the exact same way it is. There was the helicopter. 
the thing was on fire. The f- oh, they set the forest on fire. For, we kind of skipped over that. They set a ring of fire around the forest so nobody would enter it. And honestly, even though we've gone over this whole entire movie, do yourself a favor and go watch it because we have not done it justice. I, I mean, like I said, this title tells you everything that's going to happen in this movie. I mean, there is not a swerve in it. Nope. Um, It is just done well. It's so good. Uh, I don't know. What did it get on like Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know. You keep talking. And yeah. I'll look it up. I, I think the only thing I would change in this movie uh, i was disappointed it was not in aurora borealis it was a forest <laughs> fire but like the only thing i would change is i almost want it to be longer um i just i would i mean i just would have liked 20 minutes i'm even okay not ever finding out what's in the box i'm not i mean I, you know it's the engagement ring it is totally the engagement ring yeah um but it's also it also makes me so mad um when you think back to those three punks at the beginning that robbed him they yeah. burn his one photo of Maxine, and you knew it was always going to be an important photo, but you don't realize that it's supposed to be like the guy that literally saves the world. So, <laughs> photo the tomato meter uh, critics gave it a 76. Okay, I want to find out who didn't like this movie, and then the audience score is a 51. This is so incorrect. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I think if you didn't like this movie, you deserved a punch in the dick. I 100% you, agree. If you don't have a dick to punch, um, I think you need to get one made, like, surgically grafted on, and then punched. I just punched hard. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it's just a, it's a movie that hit us in a way at the right time. Maybe. Um, maybe like that's what it is. I don't this know movie though. Hits Be- it when you have Szechuan pork. I don't know. Because I'm really critical when it comes to movies that try to be stylistic or whatnot and i i loved this movie yeah it's not it doesn't get into melodrama for me it doesn't it doesn't do anything too much for me to care yeah i would be really curious to listen to or to look at those reviews i bet you dollars to donuts a person that didn't like this movie thought there was going to be more action probably um or they thought it was going to be like I don't know. I guess this movie just never, never says I'm going to say this. This is my message. It, it's so visually stunning. Um, I mean, like I said, it, it takes you into the different eras. They did an awesome job with costuming and set design without beating your head with the time period. It was all very subtle. Well done. Um, like when he's in his house in the eighties, he's got that like brown glassware, the see-through glassware that's so very eighties. Yeah. It gives it both a very timely and very timeless feel to it. Yeah. Um, I think if I'm, I'm hearing right, we, we would both recommend this movie. I don't think there's any like debate. This isn't even one of those ones I would say like, if you like bad movies or if you needed something like background noise, like. No, sit down and watch this one. Enjoy uh, how it. it tricked us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is the first time I can unironically be like, thank you, recommenders. Yes. I, even though I said fuck you earlier, thank you so much, Shay, Brandon, and Matt, for recommending this movie. Now, please go watch it. But also, fuck you guys for making us feel. Yeah. I mean, I am still wiping the tears away. Yeah. Uh, so Brie, while you're wiping those tears away, where can people find us if they want to hear more? Hopefully 
less like glowing. I mean, you guys feel like we're funnier when we're mean to a movie. I know, which is so bad. But, you know, because really we do have a great time when it's a bad movie. But this truly was. It's easy to hate and it's easy to like tear something down. But I, this one, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm actually legitimately a little frustrated with the 77 percenters and the 51 percenters. I'm like, what is wrong? What did you want? Yeah. And uh, honestly, the the theme of our podcast is to find movies to watch together. And I think we truly enjoyed watching this movie together. Yeah. Uh, this was the not horror version of Wolf Cop for me. This was like the art. <laughs> this was art house Wolf Cop. Um, <laughs> honestly, and I'm going to I'm going to go back on all of my values. <laughs> this movie would not have been better with Gina Carano in it. Oh, and it would not have been better with Henry Cavill. I agree to both of those statements. Yeah. Then again, if Bigfoot's voice would have been James Spader. We could be talking there. Maybe, maybe, you know. But then again, I like we didn't need Bigfoot to be an intelligent monster. I, I, I almost appreciate that that wasn't a moral qualm. Yep, I agree. Um, where it's, oh, am I killing this once in a lifetime thing? I was like, no, it, he very clearly it needs to die because it's carrying the plague. It, yeah. It's, this idea that he has is like, it's either everyone in the world or it's me. Yeah. Or or it's this thing. And, you know, I made this moral calculation with Hitler and it didn't work out the way I want it to, but I couldn't not do that. Yeah. And I made the, I'm making this moral calculation now. And at least this one, I can guarantee he's almost validated in this. Th- this exactly. Time. Like the Hitler thing didn't actually do anything, didn't make a difference, even though it did make a difference. Um, but this Bigfoot, killing this Bigfoot, the Bigfoot, actually saved all of North America yeah, and he, potentially the world. The only the only thing I would maybe tell people to do is don't watch it during a fucking pandemic. Yeah. Um, that was the only time where I was like, oh, no. Well, but now they know. So yeah. now, now, I mean, if they're watching it based off of our recommendation. Uh, they- honestly, like, I think, okay, we need to make sure in the title or the description for this episode we make sure we tell people, like, do not listen all the way through this podcast before watching this movie. But then again, I don't think I don't think even knowing ruins anything. I think we've already mentioned that. Yeah. But like, seriously, every other movie, watch the listen to us and then go watch it. It's great. This one, I'm like, kind of see it on dis- your own first. Yeah. In the description, we're going to put watch, listen to the intro, watch the movie, then come back and listen. Yeah. And then, like, if you are a person that hates this, man, I would love to hear from you. I don't want to hear from you. I, I Well, I just want to don't know why. Don't tell me. I don't need you to just be like, God damn it, Sam Elliott's mustache is distractingly you know charming. If you want to talk to somebody about this movie for you not liking it, <laughs> please find Kevin on Twitter at Kevin underscore egg and Instagram, Kevin underscore egg, or on Facebook at Kevin Eggleston. And you can talk with him about that, but don't come to... At By It's Cover Pod on Twitter and Instagram and talk shit about this movie because I don't want to hear it. Damn, that was a smooth transition yeah. into our plugs, especially since I fucked it up earlier. <laughs> so high five to you. Yeah. We just air fived for yeah. the peeps. That... Oh man, that was that was smooth. I mean, you were proud of yourself. I was. You I was are. like head bobbing we and everything. From, we went from tears to cheers. <laughs> oh, and that that pun switch got us jeers. <laughs> Oh, no. You took it too far, Kevin. (laughs) That was my fears. Oh. (laughs) All right. Anything else before we let these lovely folks go? Um, Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have any recommendations, 
please do reach out to us on social media. I think Brie will actually take you up on them now. I, sometimes it makes gold. Nah, uh, I will still be hesitant because I don't like to be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie hurts so good. All right, everyone. Bye from me. Bye from me. <laughs>